Welcome to the George Rockle Schmidt Show, where we attempt to fix movies that underperformed or were badly received, ask both plausible and probably quite weird what-ifs, and essentially present our ideas on what some films could have, or should have, or certainly should not have been, all without the real-life restrictions and restraints typically endured by filmmakers. Damien Benedict is my co-host. Hello, Damien. Hello. That was a good read. You really kind of brought the pizzazz there. That wasn't a read. That was all off the top of my brain. Already I'm kind of bringing down the production value. I know, right, that's it. That, that's this podcast scrubbed. We're not doing this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> not just the episode, like the entire venture. Just, it's obviously not going to work. Not just the venture, I mean the friendship, everything. everything. I need, <laughs> I need my I Will Smith CDs back. At first. <laughs> the franchise. <laughs> I've already got the t-shirts fucking printed. You, you've jeopardised our new store in Pittsburgh. I mean, God, I don't know what we're going to do now. Maybe we can sell it to them. Oh, I see you kind of looking really deflated where you are right now in like a lovingly embroidered baseball cap, you know. Dream just shattered. I'm like a balloon that has been shat out of a clown's ass. So obviously this is our first episode, and obviously for our first episode we wanted to discuss episode one. That's the best joke of this episode. <laughs> for those of you that are unclear, when to fucking click. <laughs> so uh, Star Wars episode one. I wasn't generating much in the way of ideas. The only thing I could come up with was that game War Games, really. Do you, are you familiar with that? War Games with uh, Broderick. Yeah, Roderick. Broderick, I said Rodney Broderick. from fucking Only Fools and Horses. <laughs> Rodney. Oh, my God. Yeah, the world needs more Rodney. That's how we fix Star Wars, Rodney. <laughs> we, no, we, that's how we fix Star Wars. We take War Games and we fucking digitally edit out Matthew Broderick and we put fucking Rodney in it. And <laughs> we call it Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> why are you why are you bringing up war game uh it just reminds me that war games the, one of the last lines from that fucking computer in that is he kind of like the only winning move is not to play and that's very much how i feel about this movie i don't think um you can look at the macro and micro elements of any facet of this movie and i'm not seeing i mean maybe i'm being a bit biased because i'm not really a, a star wars fan but i just I feel like the best way to enjoy this movie is not to watch it at all. I um I think you're right. I mean, when I announced this podcast, one of the first things that someone said to me on Twitter was, um, "Surely this this episode will be two minutes long. It will be you guys saying, don't make it.'" And and the yeah the the, the thing is, <laughs> we is, have is delivered. Yeah, they ask and they shall receive. That's what we do. The winning move is not to play. I agree. However, saying that. This movie had a production budget of $115 million. Do you know how much it made at the box office? Oh, it must have done phenomenally well at the time, no? It made $1.027 billion. Fucking hellfire. That was really all because of the hype, the inevitable hype. And I think that's why, uh, partly why it didn't deliver. I mean, it could have been a mediocre film and delivered. I mean, the fans, at least the first generation of fans, would have been fucking blowing their beans so hard at the fucking announcement of this stuff. right? Blowing their beans, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're a man of poetry, sir. <laughs> I've got loads of those in the bag. Don't, don't you worry. Well, loads um, of beans in your bag. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I imagine they, they must have come in absolute fucking drones. Um, so I'm not surprised that it made a lot of money, but I don't know. It was weird because... I, I, so I I watched it quite recently in you know in, uh, in for lack of a better word in preparation for this, yeah. and it's I mean so much has been talked about about this movie and about how it's well it's garbage you know I don't I it's so rare that I see anyone defending this, 
Um, yeah. And they talk about elements of the story, the CGI, um, uh, Jar Jar Binks and stuff like that. The characters are weak and what have you. But there's something else which really f- I thought was fucking incredible, which I don't see. Uh, I kind of touch on, but I don't think it could be made like the same way again. It's incredibly racist. I, I, okay. I, I, yeah, I wanted to touch on this um, a bit later. But yeah, go on. Go, you started this, the racism thing. Well, it's 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 incredibly I, racist. You mean yeah, because well, of, of well, it's, of it's the, not it's the just, flying thing. That's like oh, I, shekels! I want shekels! Basically, it's not just that. It's just every fucking character in this fucking thing. Like I did at first, I thought Jar Jar Binks was supposed to be this fucking Rastafarian piss take, but then it was all this like Yusa Misa. It was very close to Massa as far as I you know a bit way too close for fucking comfort. Um, and you've got what's it the uh, the, the, the weird Chinese aliens um, with the Trade Federation right at the beginning. Um, right, yeah, you, yes, okay. You see, okay, I disagree that it's racist. I think that it's it's really lazy. Um, and I, I think, I don't think it's racist because I don't think like the people who wrote it or the man who directed it has any awareness of race you know, in the way that a kind of sophisticated adult has. No, I just don't think he's left fucking Skywalker Ranch in 30 fucking years and knows what the yeah. outside world is. I don't I don't think he was trying to make a comment about Rastafarians or or Chinese people or anything like that. I think it was just lazy mm. and probably a little bit ignorant. Um, I don't regard it as a racist film, but I definitely can see, you know, I can see why uh, people would. Um, but I, I disagree with you. Well, okay, but but what it kind of put in mind because I wasn't really thinking about how I how I would improve this, but I think about what I would change to this right now um, to make it amuse me in the fucking slightest. And like for me, some of these accents were eerily. Again, maybe I was thinking a little bit too much of the Jar Jar Binks, you know, Misa Yusa Masa, but it just remi- it reminded me of those. If you've ever seen that, they're really old, like Warner Brothers cartoons from like the thirties and forties, where like racism was fucking rampant. Maybe. So you mean like maybe they could have like really pumped it up and like one of the stories could be like Obi-Wan and Jar Jar have to make a tar baby sort of thing. <laughs> Charming the black of Telegram boys. Oh no. my God. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was kind of thinking because I mean, I, I would see South Park take the uh, piss out of Star Wars, you know, with like digitally editing out shit, all, you know, this, that here and there. Or everything replaces walkie-talkies. I re- reckon they just re- replace all these fucking characters with like corresponding, you know, Warner Brothers uh, characters from that era. That with, with so with a corresponding accent. So you've got basically like blackface minstrels in place of Jar Jar. Um, I'm f- fairly certain you can. Oh, I mean that that flying thing. You, I'm sure they must. There'll be something in terms of like an Armenian stereotype they can get. They can whip whip in there. That's going. You know, fucking garlic sauce, garlic mayo chili sauce. What do you want, boss? Salt, no salt? All that kind of shit. It's, sorry, did you just do like an Armenian accent and a Yorkshire accent at once? Probably. I don't don't what, rely on me for accent. What do you want, accent. boss? Hello, I'm I'm from Turkey, innit? <laughs> Shine your shoes, governor. <laughs> Bloody Turkish. It's not just that. I mean, even fucking, was it like Liam Neeson and Ewan McGregor? I mean... Two actors with like infamously thick, you know, native accents that they can't really shake, hired to do fucking a feet English. I mean, it was just fucking nuts, really. 
<laughs> I would have much liked it if they, they just fucking just said roll with it. I mean, we've got everything else in the fucking bag. We may as well get Irish and Scottish in there anyway. So when, so like, you know, the, the whole thing about race, are you saying that originally the, the prequel trilogy, like Star, um, Star Wars, like George Lucas originally kind of had the idea that Emperor Palpatine would put his hand on Anakin's shoulder and say, Anakin, join the dark side, become a black man. <laughs> is that what you're saying um no but i would like to see that movie i don't think he will ever exist um in in a, in a legitimate fashion but because well I, I say this because obviously darth vader as we know him is voiced by james Earl jones and has a large black helmet <laughs> yeah you're right you know i i had kind of forgotten about the trade federation because they pre- they are going Oh yeah, no, so it really is. The Jedi. Yeah, like, I mean, it's if the only thing that the only saving grace of the fucking you know the dated special effects is that they can't like stick out their front teeth and do a really fucking on the nose fucking stereotype because they are they they do kind of bandy about. Oh, I mean, I guess my my point, which I kind of went a very long way around, is um, I would quite like to see this movie being made at you know kind of today and see the kind of reaction to it because it would just be torn a new arsehole almost instantly yeah i i bet i bet the studio would have stepped in if it was made today and said okay we're you know one of the jedis has to be black or something like that mm-hmm. well, i think that's what they're yeah. kind of doing with this current you yeah. know, leg of the movies is it not yeah i think so and yeah i think uh you know it's funny because i didn't really consider it uh to be as as racist as as you obviously do, but the way you've described it now, I kind of feel like, oh my god, how did I not see this? <laughs> well, again, I hadn't seen it in years, and I only checked it out a couple of days ago. And it, it it stuck out so bad; it was like painful to watch. I mean, yeah. you, I, I really underestimated it. Maybe I just wasn't switched on. I guess before, like you know, last week, I hadn't seen it since in like fifteen years, really. Right. And I, yeah, definitely didn't have my fucking head. In, in that kind of zone then, but oh my God, it's, it is kind of painful to watch. Yeah, I mean, I think I should say that, you know, you said that you're not really a Star Wars fan, and I, I don't know, I mean, I'm kind of speaking for you now, so correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, I'm not a, a diehard Star Wars fan either, but I do like the first three films, the original three. Um, I'm not obsessed with them or anything like that, I certainly don't know all of the lore or anything, but... I can see why they're considered to be quality films. Mm-hmm. Um, and and like it's weird because I kind of often find myself looking at Star Wars as the archetype for a vanilla but very well done uh, script. Uh, and I mean in terms of in terms of its beats, not mm-hmm. in terms of its content because its content's very out there. But in terms of its beats, you know, you've got this this young boy who's taught by an old master. The old master is killed and the young boy has to really take his place and defeat evil. It's very kind of uh, straightforward in, in terms of kind of who we, who we want to root for, but it's just done very well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've got, all the, you've got the, the right side characters. Um, they're not annoying. They're funny. They're, they're on screen for the right amount of time. You know, you've got Luke, who is very good, but you've got Han Solo, who is cool, but also he's a rogue and all of this. And it, it kind of strikes me, like, listen, I'm not saying that A New Hope or Empire Strikes Back is the greatest film ever made. I know some people think that, but I don't think that. I, but I do think it's, it's technically very well done. Mm-hmm. And what really strikes me about, um, about episode one is the script is just a perfect example of 
how you can't polish a turd. Mm-hmm. It's this it's this half baked thing, which no matter how no matter the acting, which isn't you know which is very kind of cardboardy because of the directing but no matter the acting no matter the cgi no matter the fantastic score it's just kind of like oh my god what am i watching the, yeah, the script it, is just crap yeah it is but i i, I tell you what i give it i'd forgive it a lot more it's just, is uh if sorry every time uh hey is it Haley joel osmond kid that plays anakin every time that kid says any line the closest adult to him just slaps him around the back of the head and says, <laughs> shut up, every time. It's like, quiet, the adults are talking. Because that not, kid has way too much... It's not It's Jake Lloyd. Oh, I don't know. It's, but, to me, it's really thought... not important. But like, it's, it's, that performance alone, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Um, with like, what it, with the, all these people that are on the brink of war and there's this fucking kid shouting yippee here and there, it's just, I don't know. Well, no, I, listen, I agree, but in fairness to him, that is the direction. Because kids don't know. Like, you know, he I don't know how old he was. Oh, no, 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 yeah. that's, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just, you know, I, I appreciate oh, I that. I'm not talking about the, techni- you know, the um, technicality behind the, the performance. I just think, for the sake of the story, um, I just don't think a child should be allowed to have that kind of self-satisfaction and esteem. I think if he's, he's supposed to... When, when they meet him, he's a slave, and he's just, you know, he's he got these lovely blonde locks, and it's very well cut, and he's very well kempt, and it's just like, no, he's a slave. He should be beaten. He, he shouldn't be beaten down, but he should... Um, for, but he should, he should be oppressed. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's very much not oppressed. And uh, I don't know, by the end of the first few scenes with him, I'm kind of wanting him to be oppressed. I don't really regard myself as that kind of human being, but I wanted to see the child get beaten a little bit. I didn't... Yeah, mm. okay. And I, I think don't regard I could... myself as that sort of human being, but I wanted to see the kid beaten, obviously. <laughs> but I'm prepared to, like, power through, plumb those yeah. depths. <laughs> Like uh, on the survey of the uh, the test screen, your comment was not enough child beatings, <laughs> and they go straight back to production, right? <laughs> and all it is is they take to like even like there's so much so much footage, right? And they like the editor has so much trouble because it is becomes this free for all melee. Like they they there is so much footage they can't use because so much of the crew jump in as well. People that for all intents and purposes in the movie should not exist. And since they have right. so much screen time, it can't be used. No, I think it's the opposite of that. I think like they see your comment, and it's like George, you know that, you know that scene that we said you couldn't put in. Yeah, put it in. <laughs> <laughs> and then you just hear George Lucas, Lucas go, "Yeah." <laughs> and you know the few scenes around it, you know front and back. Take those out. <laughs> How much? All of it. <laughs> All of it. Just all of it. All of it. Well, we're going to come on to solutions in a minute. Um, or Was that not the solution? Sorry. <laughs> well, the, yeah. Well, the, this is kind of why I'm transitioning into that. See, a seamless segue. Oh, fucking hell. I'm, I'm not. I'm new to the biz. That's right. Didn't Niles Crane have a seamless segue as well? That's right, people. For the next 10 minutes, we're going to be talking about Frasier. Uh, no. <laughs> but anyway, listen, uh, I kind of wanted to just talk a bit more about the problems first. Um, so the script, I don't think, I don't think was anywhere near finished enough, um, you know. And it's kind of well documented that that George Lucas maybe didn't spend as much time on the script as he should have. Um, there's all sorts of things which don't make sense, as has been pointed out by other people. 
you know, why did the Jedi need to travel through the center of the earth and all of this, or, you know, so much, why were they there and, and everything like that. Um, I think a, a, a principal problem, again, as has been pointed out, is who's the main character? Mm-hmm. Because we know who the main character should be. It should have been Obi-Wan, who we know. We know who that guy is. You know, if we followed Star Wars, we know who Obi-Wan is. We've no idea who Qui-Gon is. Yep. Um, um, we don't really know him after this either. We don't really know him after this. I mean, everything is so kind of... I mean, it's almost as if this film could have been set in like 19th century British aristocracy, where, pe- where people express love by saying, I am quite, my dear. Yes. You know, it's it's very kind of very, extremely wooden. And do you know what I mean? Do you agree with that? Yeah, kind of. But I'm thinking but the only thing that's coming springing to mind. So this is a period piece where it's just one extended fancy dress party, really. It is. It is like that. I, you know, yeah. it's all in Shropshire and stuff like that when they actually pan out. It's all, yeah, and it's all like extreme LARPing. <laughs> yeah, it's just like fanboy fucking diehards and they're just rolling around the lawn. Who is the main character, do you think? I would have said I would have gone with Anakin, but again, yeah. he's not really. Again, he's kind of an afterthought, really. Um, yeah, I, I only mean, say I'm that because I kind of know the progression of the next couple of movies, really. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm just looking at the poster, and the poster has um, all of the characters on there. You know, like all of the Star Wars. But the biggest, the biggest person is Darth Maul in the background. You just see his eyes, mm-hmm. and then the second biggest, like kind of really the focal point, I think, is Qui Gon, is Liam Neeson. Mm-hmm. And he is, I mean, he he could have not been in the film. They could have just had Obi-Wan, I think. Yeah, well, yeah, easy. Um, and I kind of think that's what it should have been. Uh, I mean, do you think, do you think Jar Jar could have been the main character? Or R2-D2 or C-3PO? Well, That'd yeah. Be quite, but I, quite weird. Yeah, it would have been, I, I, hopefully, a short, you know, and a fucking short short at that. Um, no, I don't, I don't. I don't see anyone slogging through 90 minutes of the noises that those characters make. You know, a little little, uh, little thing I came across, which I think you might be surprised at. Do you know who Darth Maul was originally going to be played by? No, I don't. Benicio Del Toro. Really? Yeah. Oh, fucking hell. Well, that's how you fucking made this movie better. Yeah, put Benicio Del Toro back in it. He He left it when George Lucas took out most of the lines. Right, okay. So Darth Maul has three lines. I think, and originally he had much more. I mean, can you imagine? You'd have had a film with Ewan McGregor, Liam Neeson, Natalie Portman, and Benicio del Toro—all people who can, who can pull a film through just on their own merits. You had all mm-hmm. those those four people together, and still, there's no memorable character. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a real clusterfuck. It is. Okay. So, okay, so let's go on to uh, solutions. How would you fix this, apart from not making it, and apart from, apart, from putting it, apart from putting in more child beatings? Well, I would have said I would have gone with uh, Benicio del Toro, but, I mean, what else? I mean, another thing about Darth Maul is it, it was, uh, obviously, the, the, it's a stunt guy, like a famous stunt guy that actually, you know, physically plays the role, but is dubbed by, it's Peter Serafinowicz, and it was one of his, like, first fucking claims to fame but i didn't realize it was he just had so little fucking work in it but he still kind of rides on the back of it a little bit i wouldn't have, wouldn't have minded like having a little bit more of that guy in it really yeah have you seen serovitovich's uh new thing on amazon was it the tick the i think tick, i watched the yeah. pilot i can't remember I, but i don't really remember much of it did you because i like serovitovich a lot but it looks awful 
Yeah, yeah. I can't. I mean, the pilot was very forgettable. Right. Um, I, I remember watching it with someone who was, I don't know, who was really trying to like it more than he, he you know, confessed to, really. Okay. How is your dad? <laughs> I'd like to say it was my dad, but he does what he only watches QI these days. Okay, yeah. Like, do you want to watch the tick with me, dad? Is, is, is that an episode of QI? No. No, then. <laughs> Leave me to put these Kleenex boxes on my feet, you bastard. Uh, no, it's not. It's not even like that. It's much. It's much darker than that. He's just in this poorly lit parlor. Oh, so he's he's a... there, like like polishing a shotgun, going, "Yes, Stephen Fry. Yes, enjoy your <laughs> life while you have it." <laughs> I am the angel of mercy. I, I am I the angel of the mercy. Um, so listen, I was thinking uh, for solutions. Darth Maul, obviously Benicio del Toro. If he had a bigger part, that would have been much better. Um, mm-hmm. But I think. I think a real problem, obviously there's a, a lot of script problems, but I think a real problem is Jar Jar Binks, mm-hmm. clearly. And I was thinking you could have, what if you replaced Jar Jar Binks with Tom Waits? <laughs> so it's just like, they they land. Well, so and, let, just let me clarify the terms of this <laughs> okay. um, a little bit. Now, when you say replace Jar Jar Binks, are you talking about the voice acting the, or are we talking about literally just scrapping the character altogether and just placing Tom Waits exactly like, where he stands in every shot? So, so Qui Gon and Obi Wan land, and you know, then they're looking around, you know, and the bit where Jar Jar Binks turns up, it's just suddenly there's this figure who kind of peels himself off a tree, like he's just been leaning on a tree smoking a cigarette, and it's just Tom Waits in like the clothes Tom Waits would normally wear, and it's just like you native and it's like yeah where's the palace over there boys and that's it <laughs> and so when you say you re- you re- replace the character th- is that his only appearance as well he just points in the direction of the palace and that's it it, just, it speeds up the plot by like 40 minutes <laughs> yeah that or it is like it is jar jar binks but but tom waits is doing it and tom waits is like George Lucas like clearly keeps on coming coming in and saying like no the 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 line Mr. Waits is yes sir Misa speak and Tom Waits is like yeah okay okay and then like when they actually count when they actually call action Obi Wan says something to him and and Tom Waits like completely forgets where he is and he's like shut your mouth <laughs> I was like like at the beginning of every line if you listen carefully you can hear where like the empty bottle of whiskey was thrown at the fucking studio door you can hear it <laughs> yeah. sh- only for a fraction of a second right but it's there because they could never get a clean take you know the man just had to be left to do what he was going to do like every other shot is him draping himself over Natalie Portman going I don't want you to be the one I got away <laughs> I should say I fucking love Tom Waits. Okay, I'm not. I'm not digging at him here. <laughs> but in my movie, he's really rapey. <laughs> yes, that's right. It's it's a version of Tom Waits. Right. Okay. So what we're talking about. So um, if we can start kind of like bringing these this together, we've got basically um, Natalie Portman in a very in an environment very unsafe for uh, for for a young lady. And we are trying to... We're moving whoa, 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 towards no, beating no. the... Ch- <laughs> yes, yes, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> we're moving towards, uh, you know, child beating a little bit more. You know, we're pushing Anakin down a little bit. So if he's given clip around the back of the head and every now and again, and someone, you know, someone's trying to grope Natalie Portman, this is a, by-the-numbers, better movie. 
Now, listen, I'm, I'm not saying that Tom Waits is rapey. I'm saying the character he's playing, also called Tom Waits, is rapey. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, may, I must be very clear here that we need a very clear distinction between reality and fantasy here. But here, <laughs> one is based very closely off the other, okay? <laughs> so while Tom Waits may not be a rapist, he is a very rapey Tom Waits in this movie. That's right. Well, yeah, I, I I just thought. I mean, Tom Waits is cool. He would add a lot of cool, and he would certainly be less annoying than Jar Jar. Um, I, I, I have a... <laughs> less annoying. So we're kind of expecting a little bit of damage here. You know, he's going to be annoying to quite a few, probably offensive uh, in most parts, actually, to quite a wide audience. But uh, by the numbers, a little bit less fucking grating than Jar Jar Binks. So by those by those terms, more of a success. More of a success because he's less annoying. Um, I've also got some other ideas for who Jar Jar could be replaced by. Okay. Okay. Um, Jar Jar could be replaced by Ron Perlman as Hellboy. <laughs> uh, Jar Jar could be replaced by Gollum. I think that'd be quite interesting. Or Jar Jar could be replaced by an actor with a hat. <laughs> they just they just strip him of the uh, CGI work to him. So we just see that's that that's his double wearing that fucking ridiculous hat. I mean, I mean, yeah. But so what, it, no, no, no. Actually, no, any... strike that. So what it is is, um, uh, so you can find like um, shots of uh, the the stand-in for uh, yeah. the for Jar Jar Binks, and he's got this like ridiculous like Jar Jar hat on. But uh, rather than like strip away all entirely, what what they do have is obviously around the base of this hat is what uh, they've superimposed it like severed flesh. So it is just a man that looks like he's wearing his head as a trophy. <laughs> so, so so in this world then, where where the entire film is just the stand-in for Jar Jar Binks, it's it's a world where he's the stand-in for Jar Jar Binks. But Jar Jar Binks also did exist at one point, and this man ripped his head off and wore it. Yeah, we're not saying like the rest of the alien race is, you know, going to be also replaced by other stand-ins wearing no, they're not, no. severed heads. But that well, also, I mean, we can put that on the table. I, I wouldn't mind you know, putting that there. Sp- speaking of which, I did think about the rest of the alien race. And I thought that wouldn't it have been better if Brian Blessed in The Phantom Menace had been replaced by John Rhys-Davis as Salah from Raiders of the Lost Ark? So he could he could say things like, be careful, Obi. Vader's alive. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I think we, we, there's a, there's a pattern emerging here. So, like, the way to improve this movie <laughs> is to take elements like you know lifted straight out from other more successful, more lovable movies, and then just kind of like really sloppily cut and paste them into this movie, hoping that the success and the likability of other movies might lift this to a more bearable standard. Is I that do what have saying? I do have a real solution which I'm going to go through at the end. Like the way I like I'm going to kind of talk for a minute about the actual script I think it should have been. But before we get on to that, I have another suggestion. Um what if <laughs> what if like the way people reacted to Jar Jar was exactly the same as it is in the movie, but Jar Jar was actually very British? <laughs> so do you remember the bit where like uh, they ask him if he can they ask him if he's intelligent and he says, "Miss, I speak." And they say something like, uh, oh, the ability to talk See, does not indicate intelligence. What if instead of him going, miss, I speak, it was just like, yes, of course I can speak. <laughs> like gives him a firm back of the hand. Puts yeah. them right, forthright. Yeah, you know, you know, good evening, my name is Jar Jar Binks. Yes, I can take you to the Earth's core if you insist. 
But please, refer to me as Mr. Binks. But I'm we, a man we, of note. Mr. Binks. We, <laughs> Mr. We, Binks. That's Mr. Binks. What, that, all right, that's the name of the movie as well. The, the name <laughs> episode of the, one. It's episode, not even Star Wars. It's just episode one, Mr. Binks. Episode one, saving Mr. Binks. <laughs> no, uh, well, yeah, obviously that's a joke because we all know that Jar Jar should have been, like his name, French. I want to go to the escort. Oh, Anakin Skywalker, yes. All right, so there, all right, so we're kind of linking the two ideas up now. So, all right, so we found like a tormentor for Anakin, right? So it's French Jar Jar. Yeah, French <laughs> a tormentor for Anakin. Okay, yeah. yeah. All right, so no, we still got French uh, French Jar Jar, right? But he's perfectly civil. But whenever he's in a room with Anakin, he becomes feral, like almost yeah, rabid, almost foaming at the fucking mouth. Like you know. Yeah, Anakin is putting out these pheromones, which just makes Jar Jar crazy. <laughs> like, fuck the narrative. The the, the issue of com- the, the narrative conflict comes from like keeping these two like physically separate from each other. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just it just becomes a logic game. How's Obi gonna go go to where he has to? He's only got one seat in his spaceship. How's he gonna bring Jar Jar and Anakin without them killing each other? Um, okay, you know, I have something written down here, and I deliberately didn't write any any more notes on it because it was something I wrote when I was really tired, and I looked at the next day like, oh, that's perfect. Uh, okay, so I'll, I'll read exactly what I've got written, okay? And you interpret this how you want. What if Amidala is killed, but Obi saves her eggs? <laughs> what, what, oh. does that, what does that mean? Uh, well... <laughs> well I'm kind of thinking Amidala of, as now is like a sort of lizard queen that will have laid like massive kind of like alien like style eggs, you know, they're good like two feet <laughs> off the ground. <laughs> and there's like the, there's cut footage where you know, you know, there is some kind of conference, but she's slaying them nonetheless. I mean, she's perfectly poised. She's got her shit together. She is a queen. She knows she, how to rule, but, but she is nevertheless pushing it out. You know, it's like half of her fuck, half like the volume of her thorax. You know. <laughs> I mean, that's how I read it back too. But I think when I wrote it, for some reason, I thought like, well, what if Armadala is killed, but Obi saves some of her eggs for Anakin to grow up and make a test tube baby from, and Luke is yeah. a test tube baby. Yeah, because but... Obi-Wan's had like some miraculous kind of proper, you know, vision, um, epiphany, rather. And he knows that, you know, the son of Anakin is going to be like the chosen one, That blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And something has gone awry. And he sees that, you know, Armadala is in a state of, distress and he's a you know and he's taken upon himself to do this and the rest of the two episodes are just a legal battle in uh, freezing them <laughs> and <trusty trying. laughs> and browbeating anakin uh, for his genetic material you know create this child <laughs> yeah he doesn't want any part of this anakin, why anakin, would he listen listen dude 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 just come in this cup what just come in this cup <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it, right? You just pitched dialogue right there. Do you understand? <laughs> hey, Amadala, how is it doing? Can I have some of your eggs? What? Can I have some of your eggs? What? Just, can I have some of your eggs, dear? Just in case, just in case. Because <laughs> obviously Obi-Wan's really camp in this universe. Well, just, just, just drink this and then can just like piss into this cup, you know, like six hours later. I think this is how it works. I haven't done the science, but I reckon. I saw this in a dream. Piss into this cup. Uh, so I have something else written down here, uh, which I'll go through. Um, what if it was a 90-minute celebrity claymation grudge match? 
George Lucas never wanted to surrender the integrity of the franchise, and the whole thing is a big fuck you. No one sees the film until a thousand theatres all open simultaneously, and the last shot is a naked George Lucas, smoking an enormous cigar made out of money, riding a pig off into the sunset. I like that a lot. And, and it's like, it's a proper film, it's just claymation, and it's like, you know, it's like claymation people from Star Wars fighting each other. But it's it's all a fuck you. And George Lucas has like a monologue at the end where he's riding his pig where he says, I will never betray what has made me. <laughs> With in- incredible gravity as well. Like, yeah, I mean, unlike uh, anything he's directed up until this point, it's yeah. a shame it was preceded by something so asinine. You know? Like even though even though people are kind of outraged by it, they do have to make a new category in the Oscars called most sincere person. And he wins it. <laughs> For like 10 years. (laughs) But do you you like that? Do you like the claymation thing? Because I was thinking you could have like, you could have fights between your favourite, favourite Star Wars characters and they could all have their own theme tunes. You know, you could be like, Chewbacca, 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 (laughs) they call him Boss, Boss Vader. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, okay. Um, It's starting to sound a little bit, a little bit like kind of, a little bit Street Fighter and a little bit Robot Chicken now, but... I think it could work. Yeah. Well, I'm not really saying we should do this, or anyone should do this, but yes. <laughs> but if they do, let it be known that we do have. We are going to fucking get this trademarked almost instantly. So don't <laughs> even fucking try it. <laughs> I mean, it would have been a better film, maybe. Oh, it's, without. Okay. I mean, I mean that, that, that's, that's the kind of stuff I would quite happily watch if, yeah, bar, barring it's not longer than like 35 minutes. Yeah. Right. I mean, is it? What I was going to say was, is Star Wars Episode One really as bad as people say? Or because oh, yeah. on IMDb it's got something like six point five or six point two or something. Mm-hmm. Um, is it because I, I don't know? Like the way people talk about it, it it seems to be kind of one of those things which should have have no stars. I mean, people seem to hate it. Uh, is it as bad as that, or are people just? No, I think there's a lot of vitriol, and I think it's quite fun to jump on that bandwagon. Um, I don't. It's 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 not a great movie by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I think a lot of the people that do fucking lambast it, it would say, you know, obviously George Lucas raped my childhood was a catchphrase for quite a long fucking time for this that while the uh, these movies were coming out. I think it was just fun to kind of say a lot of this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't yeah. say. It. I mean, there's enough technical proficiency proficiency there in the you know production it is a big budget movie and even though i'd say a lot of the the effects are dated um it's by no means poorly made it's not a terrible movie it's just it had it's just not a good one it really isn't yeah i i agree and um and often it seems very tone deaf um you know i mean I, i as others have said george lucas really did need someone to kind of rein him in and, and question what he was doing at times, I think. I don't think it was a terrible movie either, but I do think it was bad. Um, and I think most people would disagree with me, but I, I think Attack of the Clones is so much worse. Okay, so I do have a real solution uh, for, for how this film could have been a better film. Okay. And I, I still think that, that really they shouldn't have done it in, in terms of the integrity of the original series. But I'm one of those people who doesn't think they should do prequels really mm-hmm. um, you know I mean they, they're going to do uh, a prequel to Die Hard 
about young John McClane. Oh, my God. I hadn't heard about that. That's yeah. fucking ghastly. It sounds ghastly because the whole point is it's a normal cop trapped in this tower. Right? Yeah. He's a normal schlubby LAPD cop. Or NYPD cop, sorry. Um, you know, the, he yeah, he, he may have gone on kind of like police procedural adventures before, but I don't want to see them. Yeah. Uh, but that's how I feel about all prequels, so there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think um, trying to answer any any questions poised by any kind of beloved material, you know, prior to the narrative up until that point is just a fucking mistake. I mean, I was watching Covenant earlier today for the first time, and it just reminded me everything I hated about Prometheus. I mean, what I really loved about Alien was that it was so enigmatic. And the more you try to like yeah. flesh this stuff out. Um, it just doesn't work. It's always going to disappoint the fans. And my opinion of the director is that they're just spinning the wheels. And uh, I, I, I think I can quite fairly say that of George Lucas, really. Um, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, so. it's just, it's, yeah, compl- very bloated, very bloated movie. Very unnecessary. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine if, if with The Phantom Menace, if someone had come up to George... I mean, maybe this wouldn't have happened like this, but if someone had come up to George Lucas like on the first day and said, uh, George, uh, good luck with your, your film, mate. I'm from the studio. Uh, just wanted to say that we've uh, we've cut your budget by 40% and you've got three less weeks. I bet it would have been a better film. Because mm-hmm. he would have had to like pull his finger out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, by virtue of having some fucking pressure. Yeah, Um yeah, well, yeah, there you, there you go. I, I guess that's really the artistic process, you know. You you do your best stuff when you're a starving artist. And but when uh, you're a fat fuck, there really is no, yeah, there's no drive, there's no impetus, really. Yeah, I mean, that's not the same for everyone. I, I can definitely think of... No, obviously, that's a very reductive uh, yeah. view, but uh, it's, it's, it's applicable to a degree in this instance, I think. I think so. Um, so, okay, so this is my real solution. Right, what I think the script should have Your been. Your final huh? solution, would you say? I would not say that, no. <laughs> Rim shot. Okay, so my solution. Yes. You've got to bear with me, okay? Because this is, this is like... This is like 2,000 like, words. This is an essay, all right? This so is like buckle six up. pages. All right. Okay, so I think the film should all be about Obi-Wan. Um, and I think the only other characters uh, from the previous Star Wars, and by previous I mean the later Star Wars, the original Star Wars... So the latest Star Wars chronologically. Um, I think the only other characters should be C-3PO and R2-D2, and they should only be in it for a very short amount of time each. Okay. Okay, so here's the story. So Obi-Wan is flying his ship, but it has a malfunction, so he has to land on Tatooine, uh, which is much more of a backwater back then. Uh, so, you know, Mos Eisley is still pretty small, and it's not quite as, as hustly-bustly as it is when we, we see it in A New Hope. Okay. Okay, I'm following. So, whilst waiting for his ship to be repaired, Obi-Wan hears someone pleading for help at the bar. They want help, but they can't pay. Um, And they're obviously being terrorised by some outlaws. And Obi-Wan listens to them, but he isn't interested in helping them because of his code, he can't interfere. Because otherwise he'd be constantly, you know, doing side quests and raising his sneak skill. Side (laughs) quests. Yeah, I was wondering where you go with that. Yeah. Um, but then he hears someone say that the outlaws are Jedis, ooh, and he gets involved for free. And basically what this is, is it's a western set in space. 
Right, okay. So he finds this village terrorized by these Jedi, uh, but really only one of them is a fallen Jedi, and he's just training the others to be Jedis, or he thinks he is. Okay. So Obi-Wan begins to train the villagers in how to defend themselves, a bit like Three Amigos. Uh, there's, a pr- there's a pregnant woman, uh, and Obi-Wan tells her husband that the Force is strong in her. So you know where that's going, don't you? Oh. Yep. C-3PO is a slave of the village. The village use him to do their accounts. <laughs> I'm so glad you said accounts, because I heard something else when I heard slave. <laughs> C-3PO is a sex slave. And he's in the stocks, yeah. He's in the middle of town. <laughs> he's not a slave. He's just the town drunk. Oh. Um, so Obi-Wan... Again, I would, that would make him a far more interesting character to me. R2, you know the problem with you? You're a bitch. <laughs> Drops his empty can, fucks off. <laughs> I'm going to that's his only appearance in the movie as well. <laughs> so Obi-Wan trains the people of this village and uh, and they want to see his lightsaber, uh, but he says Jedi's only draw it if they're in training or they're about to fight and kill. Okay? okay. And then then eventually one day while he's training this village and you know he's getting to know people and maybe it's the first time he's ever felt accepted outside of Jedi camp or whatever. Uh so one day, an old man comes running into the village to tell everyone that the, the bad Jedi are shooting up the Megasaurs or the Sand Bison or the Diplodegas or Debegas or whatever. The, the cattle, basically, right? Right, okay. So Obi-Wan goes off to sort it out. Uh, but by the time he gets there, all the cattle have been slaughtered and he realizes it's a diversion. And he goes back to the village, but everyone is dead. Apart from C-3PO and the pregnant woman who is dying. Okay? Okay. Obi and C-3PO, obviously C-3PO, because C-3PO can do anything. He's a multifunctional droid. Right. He performs a cesarean, doesn't he? He performs a cesarean <laughs> with just his eyes. <laughs> stares the baby out. There's no like, laser beams or anything like that. Basically, C-3PO stares at the woman fucking... and the baby crawls out of her. Yeah. I mean, there's such <laughs> chronic discomfort that you know her body writhes so much it forces the baby out. You know? That's right. So Obi-Wan and C-3PO help deliver the baby. The woman dies, and Obi-Wan entrusts the baby to C-3PO. He then goes off to the the bad Jedi's hideout and proceeds to hunt them down one by one in ascending order of expertise. All the bandits are only in training, uh, and they're in training by the the real fallen Jedi, who uh, in Star Wars fashion we will give a a thunderous name to. We will call him uh, Jim. uh, so Obi-Wan is like, a, is like a ghost. He's like Predator. They know he's there, but they can't find him. And he's just cutting them up and stuff like that. Not with the lightsaber. He's just using his hands and breaking their necks and stuff like that. All right, so this becomes like somewhat like fucking old boy. He's just going down the corridor, right? Yes. Yeah, slicing of... these people up. No, it's, it's more kind of like he's hunting them one by one. It's more like Alien, like, and he is the alien. Right, um, okay. But it's not, you know, it's not particularly graphic. We want to keep this a, uh, a PG-13. Do we? Well, we'll see. <laughs> um, so the bad guys, they, they're kind of desperate. Like a number of their, their men have been thrown down elevator shafts or whatever. They decide to start up an old droid that they stole years ago, R2-D2. Okay? Oh, we- okay. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Oh. I remember R2-D2. Hmm. <laughs> that is how I, the audience, can relate. <laughs> I've had Thank bad luck with aphrodisiacs. <laughs> Uh, oh. with, the, with the help of R2-D2's scanning ability, they manage to locate the rough area of Obi-Wan. But then when R2-D2 does scan Obi-Wan, he pretends there's nothing there, because Obi-Wan and R2-D2 are goodies. 
don't you know? <laughs> uh, so after almost being caught, Obi-Wan finishes off the other wannabe Jedis and then faces off with Jim. Now, this is a 95-minute movie. The credits are five minutes long. We're 82 minutes in the film, and this is the first time we see a lightsaber. And the way it's filmed, with all the anticipation, it has to be epic. So it's not, it's not a, oh, they didn't show the lightsaber until the last eight minutes. It's, they didn't show the lightsaber, and then, my God, was it incredible. Okay. You know, the, the, you have to have the sound, the vroom. And like in the, like in the older Star Wars, in the original Star Wars, it's not about fancy footwork. It's not about jumping and choreo- choreography. It's, it's meant to be like samurai. Like, it's all about staring each other off. Yeah, okay. I saw like there are like seven moves or something like that. And seven then it's moves over. And, One is dead. either dead or dying. Exactly. Quickly. Yeah. So Obi-Wan Kenobi and Jim face off. And it is going to be a bit more than the seven moves thing. Like I do want them to have a bit of a fight. Um, but they face off All and right. they, stare, they stare at each other for like 30 seconds, right? And, you know, there's like a bead of sweat going down Jim's eyebrow sort of thing. Uh, so then Obi-Wan opens up a can of whoop-ass. Uh, but Jim releases a kind of nerve gas and gains the upper hand, beating down his lightsaber as Obi-Wan chokes. So Jim's got on a respirator or a mask or something, and he's immune. And basically, he's tricked Obi-Wan. Oh, that Jim's a bastard. That Jim is a bastard. He's a slippery fish. Jim Vader. It looks like Jim's going to win, or Darth Jim. But then R2-D2 fills the room with a neutralizing vapor, and Obi-Wan fights and basically beats the living shit out of Jim before looking into his eyes and boiling his soul. <laughs> <laughs> like this. This is the final shot of the movie. It just goes straight to credits. But it's like two minutes, right? <laughs> well, I, I kind of think like it has to be about, about Obi-Wan's will overcoming Jim's will. Mm-hmm. Right, I kind of I, I hear like Legetti from like two thousand one playing as he fucking stares into Jim's eyes. Yeah, and yeah, burns I mean, him down. Yeah, it has to be kind of you know you like you don't hear Jim make a sound, but you can tell he's screaming. <laughs> uh, His soul is already in hell. Yeah. So Obi Wan pats R two D two on the head and says thanks and leaves. He goes back to C three PO, says that he will take the baby and train him to become a Jedi. Obviously, the baby's going to be Anakin, right? Right. He leaves C-3PO a can of oil or some human flesh or whatever C-3PO needs to survive. And the film ends with Obi's ship taking off as dusk envelops the burnt-out settlement. The last shot of C-3PO's glowing eyes into the darkness as he watches Obi-Wan and the baby leave. Fade to black. Credits. Okay? So the last okay. shot is, is C-3PO's eyes... His, yeah, his, I quite like, I like that, the sound of that, actually. His That's yellow cool. eyes, and he's alone, right? And then yeah. after the credits... We get one final scene, one, one post-credits, and it's C-3PO stood there alone, and then the bleeps of R2-D2. And C-3PO and R2 come together in the same frame for like two seconds, and then that's it. Black. Finished. Yeah. And it kind of indicates that the second film is going to have more of them, and they're going to be together. Right, okay. Well, joking aside, actually, that does have a few fucking beats that, you know, that would pretty fucking satisfy the fans, particularly that last thing. You finally see them together. Yeah, yeah. I kind of thought that, um, like, the second film would focus more on them. I mean, they wouldn't be the main characters, but they would, they would be kind of important second characters in the second film. Okay. Um, yeah. And I kind of think, you know, that, like, I don't know. I think the way that George Lucas directed Ewan McGregor could be to be this very kind of stiff British Jedi uh, in in uh, the Phantom Menace. I kind of think he forgot. 
that Obi-Wan Kenobi in A New Hope, yeah, he's an old man and and all of that, but he's badass. Like, he cuts that guy's arm off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think he should be, like, you know, the man with no name. Like, yeah, don't fuck with him. He's not going to fucking hurt you if you're you're okay, but if you, if you fuck with him, you're dead. Uh, and I thought it, it establishes a reason Anakin Skywalker might grow up to hate the established Jedi Order because he sees the Jedi as the people who were responsible for his parents' death. Okay, yeah, and then you can... That's a very understandable fucking path that corrupts him. Easy. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. easy. That's yeah, a, like, yeah, it's much much more understandable, much more relatable. Yeah, yeah, and I can't... Yeah, exactly. And I kind of thought the second film could be when Anakin joins or is seduced by the dark side, but but it's kind of... It's, I don't know, Jedi dissidents puppeted by a greater antagonist like it is, but... But with more of a, more, he's got more of a personal motive rather than just okay, I'll join the dark side. Yeah, I'm trying to save my girlfriend. Yeah, I mean they do have the thing about his mum dying, but yeah, that's something that I thought was really quite chilling in this movie, which isn't quite fully addressed. So like, Anakin does that awful fucking pod race thing, right, for his freedom, and Qui Gon Jinn negotiates it with that flying Armenian thing. <laughs> and um... is he Armenian? Because he could be Iranian. I mean. Oh, well, who knows? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not the authority, and I'm only going to paint myself into a corner as a very horrible human being, so I'm just going to... I should probably just cut it out with any kind of refer- reference to any nationality, really. I'll do myself he, a favour. He does seem but, to be like meant to be a Middle Eastern caricature, doesn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, it's already in like a very kind of dusty desert town, you know? Yeah, uh, that's right. Kind yeah. of settlement. It's, uh, yeah, well... Clearly not a, not enough imagination there, I, I fear. But, I mean, do, uh, do you think they said, like, when the, originally it was going to be Omid Jalili and they went, oh, no, that's too racist? <laughs> Let's just, like, invent a flying alien that looks like Omid Jalili. <laughs> Does it look like Omid Jalili? No, no, it doesn't. It's just okay. round. That's my only fucking co-point. <laughs> I, just, I was just thinking because they're both bald, that was all. Oh, well, there we go, there's two. Round and bald. Okay. So no, yeah, no. My point that was really that really kind of fucked me up is that he he races for his freedom and he you know he wins the race and uh, yeah yeah yeah. It's like congratulations, Anakin. You have won your freedom. You can go pursue your dreams, train as a Jedi. This, that, and the other. And it's just like, what about you, Mom? And like Qui Gon Jinn is like, no, I did not negotiate for her release. It's like <laughs> she's still a slave. Your mother is still a slave. All right, bye then. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like there's no grandeur to that at all. There should be a lot. There should be a lot more meat to that. No, <laughs> the kid doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, I know, right? And you, you think it wouldn't be that hard to negotiate for her well, life? No, you just think you just put a fucking lightsaber to his throat. I mean, these dudes yeah. are supposed to have a lot of power at their d- disposal, but they seem to. Co- you know, some of the administration is like you know worth quite a lot to them. You know, it's it's bizarre. Yeah, I mean, he does try and uh, and influence the roll of the dice, doesn't he? So yeah, well, not just that, but you know, the whole point of this bet was that a child puts his life in in danger in a fucking lethal, essentially drag race, right? Yeah, and he's the only child doing it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And there are I... like severe casualties, it, like during it, and it's like, yeah, fuck it, he can do what he do what he wants. So the flying monster Watto, yeah. I mean, if it was just Obi-Wan and he just walked up to Watto and he said, I'm taking the boy and his mother and be thankful I'm not taking anything else. Imagine how badass that would be. 
Yeah, that would be a lot more. Yeah, a lot more interesting, particularly since like Liam Neeson like cemented himself as like an on-screen badass with every movie subsequent to this. You know. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, you know, I I really like Liam Neeson, but I I I think the film doesn't need Qui Gon at all. No, not at all. Or he should just be this incredibly like fucking cavalier douchebag, and that should be centered around him. You know, he's he's quite prepared to risk a child's life. I kind of want to see more of this guy, you know, and what he's been up to up until this point. Yeah. If there's any more prequels, it should just be this guy, just like a fucking drunken dickhead. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's we haven't even talked about Darth Maul. I mean, he, he might as well not be in it either. He is such a non-character. Oh yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. I think it was just a it was a it was a way to crowbar the word Darth into the script, I think. Yeah, I still don't understand that. What the hell? Well, I don't know. I guess that's more for you know the original fans who kind of grew up with Darth Vader and stuff like that. I don't know. Maybe there's some, there's there are more nods to it in you know like the books and you know the lore of it. I don't know. Uh, it seems from what I gather, it's not a name; it's a title or some shit like that. You know, but yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> it's absolutely. just it just felt like fucking tacked on just for the sake of it. Yeah. Um. Well, there there we go. Do we have anything else to say about Star Wars? Uh, no, I think we can leave it at that. I think uh, okay. I would say we've been very succinct, but we've got a lot of ideas out there, so people can take what they want from it. Yeah. Okay. Well, so that's our first podcast. So each each podcast we do is going to be a little bit different. We're not going to always be fixing films. Our next podcast, we're going to be looking at what would have happened or what could have happened if Hans Gruber hadn't died at the end of Die Hard. Could he have been in other films, other spin-offs? Yeah. It's not always going to be Star Wars talk. Let's let's pray. It's not going to be Star Wars talk at all, no. Next time, The Phantom Menace, no. <laughs> the same movie. The same movie. Just talking more. We are going to be uh, doing things like fixing or trying to fix stuff like Terminator Genesis, but also just generally having a bit of a laugh with things like, what if they made the Planet of the Apes films without a budget for makeup? What if they made Planet of the Apes without apes? <laughs> no, that's like quite. That could be quite an intense, you know, psychological horror. You know, you. Oh yeah, well, let's not get into yeah, that. All right, fuck it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I've got it. But we'll, yeah, yeah, another yeah, week, I've another got week it as well. Yeah. Uh, Rocky Eight, things like that. The music was composed by Realistic Dwayne. You can find a link to their stuff in the description box below. Uh, this podcast will be available on SoundCloud shortly after it comes out on YouTube, but it will always come out on YouTube first on Friday at. 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 8 p.m. GMT. Do you have anything to add, Damien? Uh, no, I'll just say, you know, good night. Thank you for listening. I assume when they listen to it, it'll be later on in the day. So good night. Thank you yeah. for listening. I mean, if they listen to it in the morning, they're doing it wrong. <sighs> yeah. I mean, I wouldn't want to wake up to these voices. I don't know about you. Well, okay, I mean, I have to wake up to one of these voices. It's bad enough. So, yeah, and it's my voice as well. I'm <laughs> in my head. <laughs> always, always. Uh, yeah, I mean, if they're listening to it in the morning, it's fine as long as they haven't been to bed yet. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. You need at least one gin and tonic inside of you before you can listen to this. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, okay so this is going to become a drinking game for the listeners, I think. Drink when there's dead air. <laughs> That'll be fucking lethal. Yeah. I see what you did there. That's very, <laughs> yes. that's, that's very witty. Okay, thank you very much for listening. Uh, coming up next, Tim Allen on Woman's Hour. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.